Right, over the ditch, back for another week. Um, and took a little bit of getting to work this one. Matty Markham, firstly, welcome. Hello, Paul. Nice to be chatting with you again. <laughs> Might be a take two of our interview today. We had a massive technical glitch halfway through the first recording. Uh, not sure what happened then, but anyway, hopefully we should be good to go this time. Um, mate, firstly, I just want to, I suppose, thank everyone at the Central Otago circuit that I've firstly, you know, been able to witness there a couple of weeks ago, but also uh, thank you and... Um, Everyone else at HRNZ for inviting me, I suppose, and getting me over there and showing me what a fabulous carnival that is. Yeah, it's pretty awesome, isn't it? Um, we're very lucky in New Zealand that we do still have that circuit racing set up. Um, Central, and obviously we've had Nelson last weekend. We've got Blenheim this weekend, and that week in itself has actually turned into a bit of a circuit for for some families and horse trainers. They base themselves at the top of the North Island for a week and enjoy the, the two uh, different meetings up there but yeah central central's just a bit different it's the people um the scenery the the surrounds that you're in and and the racing action is always really good too which is obviously a big part of it and the reason that he runs there um but nice to have that downtime in between to to spend time with industry participants and you know relax and and see them relax because quite often you'll run into you know people like Blair Orange, um, Johnny Morrison, Sarah O'Reilly and that. And they're always go, 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 go throughout the year and they're heading from one race meeting to another. So it's quite nice to be able to, you know, sit down and have a beer with them on a day in between race meetings and them not have to rush away to go to another race meeting to drive horses or anything like that. So, yeah, that's a big part of it. And it's very cool. Long, long May places like the Central Circuit continue. Absolutely. I've had a conversation with a few people and they've suggested, oh, you know, the North Island needs it, Australia needs it, and everything else like that. Newsflash, there's only one little brown jug. Uh, it's raced on a tight track. Uh, that should never work, but it does work. Same as this carnival here. Not that they're on tight tracks, but it works. Don't try and invent it. Don't try and reinvent it. Go along to it. Enjoy it. Be a part of it. It's sensational. It's a sensational carnival to be a part of. Oh, and it's it's a bit of a flashback to years gone by too. I mean, you were at all three meetings. You were at Omicare, Roxburgh and Cromwell and, and the crowds at those three meetings are remarkable given the, the size of population within those little areas. Um, Omicare in particular is always a massive crowd. They stretch that far. Cromwell, uh, that's an, that was an incredible size crowd that they had there on uh, the final day too. They, they stretched right down the length of that straight and went back about five, six cars deep too. So um, the people are still supporting them. So those race meetings have got to go, keep going ahead. Uh, absolutely. And Roxburgh was, as well, the crowd there was as big as Roxburgh can hold. Far exceeds their population. How big is the population in Omicow or wherever we were there? Because you drive three days to nowhere, so it's just a local farmer and his kids. I don't think that's a very big uh, population. You're Googling it, aren't you? Yeah, I knew you were going to. Uh, it has a population of 336. <laughs> well, it, it just balloons a little bit. Yeah, well, I, I didn't actually hear what the official number of people through the gate was, but it was in the well into the, the high thousands anyway, if not close to. 10 um but remarkable because they do come from anywhere and there's only one access point and it's down that long straight narrow road that from the township and if you didn't know what you were looking for you drive straight past it it's just lucky that there's thousands of other people trying to get into the gate at the same time so you actually know where you are but yeah and that's cool i i love seeing that you know and if only we capture one person from that and they turn around and get involved, whether it be in horse ownership, breeding or, or whatever, um, that's a good result. 
you know, the more people we can get on board and get into this game that we love and, you know, the one, the game that you and I love talking about and it's only positive. Um, Nigel Armstrong was doing some big stuff around ownership down at Omicare. He gave away a share and a horse to, to a few people and they got to enjoy that experience. Um, I think there's a, an opportunity that we maybe don't tap into enough here, particularly at those country meetings, and just show people what that experience can be like and get that thrill of, you know, turning for home and your horse is sitting on the trail and you've got a wee chance of, of getting a slice of it. Um, because as you and I both know, that that's quite an unbeatable experience to have that thrill of being in contention when you when you turn in and, and run for the judge. I just had a really bad idea that I'm not going to say on this, but um, it's something that could work. But I will say one part to that. Ownership tents, possibly the one thing that may have been missing from those three carnivals now that you've said that. And the When I say ownership tents, the opportunity for people to be able to, you know, potentially get involved. How do they get involved? You know, maybe it's an NZB, you know, HRNZ, who knows? But maybe that's something though, that that might be the next phase of it. People will be able to capitalise and, and get the while they're there and they enjoy it. Well, you're right, and we've probably just created another job for Emily to worry about over the course of 2024. But that's all right; she doesn't do an awful lot anyway. Um, they do a lot of great work with the kids harness racing New Zealand and the kids go racing packs. And you'll go to those country meetings and you'll see hundreds of kids walking around with these brightly coloured little backpacks on that are full of little harness racing goodies, um, glasses, hats, activity books. Um, the activity books actually that they're a real good pointer towards the industry there's you know spot the colors and and those sort of things out on the tracks so they do it really well and if we can sort of correlate that to an adult version where we get the adults a little bit more involved that are just there for the social day out well who knows the possibilities that could come with it no absolutely good horses go around there average horses bad horses it doesn't matter people go there and absolutely enjoy it and as i said there's three days of unique racing uh omakia how big is that track uh, uh 1200 meters no yeah. i want to say 1200 but yeah it's bigger than roxborough roxborough is a thousand meters um and very heavily sanded and then you go to the grass cromwell you've got something for for everyone on your crowds there before and julie will tell me off for this but i know they doubled their gate takings at cromwell so this is one that i can guarantee they did not increase the gate entry fee so but they doubled what they did the year before so that means that they are growing. That's the greatest pointer you can have to it growing. Um, I do know there was a couple of dodgy tickets that got managed to get people in through the gate as well. I don't know how they got through and that, but at least there was double the gate takings money-wise uh, from this year to last year. So that means that it is working and it is growing. I think that part's huge. Um, and the other thing Dexter Dunn was there. He comes every year back. That's what he comes back for. Chris Ryder was there. Chris Ryder rocked up at Cromwell. Bloody Wilson House, he's on the uh, blacklist at the minute because he said, oh, Chris Ryder was there. And I said, mate, oh, yeah, probably would have been a good interview. And I'm like, you think? <laughs> it's just like, but, but yeah, but that's people come from everywhere. They come from the US to have their holiday and go to the races and enjoy it. Yeah, it's funny who always pops up on that tour. You know, Dex is one, and obviously it's great to be able to catch up with him and have a bit of downtime. And a lot of people always say to me, oh, well, why doesn't he drive while he's over here? And he's on holiday, you know. Yeah. He, he's here to relax. And, you know, I've seen videos of him helping gearing and ungearing at Nelson, you know, for, for Robert and Jenna's team. Uh, but, yeah, the, the people that turn up from former All Blacks to, you know, netball stars, I think last year we were there and Jamie Richards was there. Of course, he was the former co-trainer for Tiakia, the, the major galloping stable over here. And, yeah, it's it's always good because those people are all in holiday mode and they're nice and relaxed and it's always good to see. 
No, it is indeed. And plenty happens off the track. And uh, by that, it's not necessarily untoward stuff. It's people enjoying themselves. I think there was a day spent at the lake where I think everyone except for Craig Ferguson thoroughly enjoyed themselves. Fergie might have uh, got out of the water a bit gingerly there at one stage. But other than that, everyone enjoyed themselves to going into town, spending time with the kids, doing a bit of shopping. Cromwell's a beautiful city. Um, you know, there's so much for people to do. And uh, don't don't get mistaken for just saying you go there and enjoy the races because there's so many other things you can do while you're on this carnival. Yeah, well, you're lucky. It's a, it's a pretty central location. You know, you're under an hour drive to to both the race meetings at Omicare and Roxburgh, but you're also under an, under an hour's drive to Queenstown and Wanaka as well. So, um, you know, those days off from races, it's not that hard and not that taxing to jump in the car and drive over to Queenstown, which has got oodles of stuff to do and, and Wanaka's getting the same. So uh, I think that's why it appeals to a lot of people too. Yep. Because you are there on a working holiday, but you actually get to holiday as well. Yep. And I must say, also driving, I drove in through Winton, uh, come up through Invercargill, some of the little towns, little hamlets you go through, I'll call them hamlets, they're tiny. They were just breathtaking. Uh, I think it's Clyde on the way out. That's another city I, I was I think it's a three and a bit hour drive back to Invercargill. I didn't want to get much later, but it looked beautiful. There's some breathtaking sights that you Kiwis might take for granted, I think, sometimes. But, um, yeah, it's a God's end part of the world. It is absolutely outstanding. Um, it all rolls around. It goes around pretty quick, doesn't it? Because then Nelson's been running one since I've gone. Yep. So they were Friday, Sunday. And then Blenheim follows up on the grass track there this weekend, Friday, Sunday as well. So a two-day meeting there. And then all of a sudden it's the end of January and people like me and a few people I know are starting to think about going back to Cromwell again at the end of the month for a two-day meeting there at the end of February. Yeah. What's Nelson like? It looks very different. It looks a good track for a start. It looks a very good track, almost leader bias. But other than that, it looks a, a very big, safe, spacious track. Excellent track. Uh, probably got one of the best mile tracks in the country. Um, rivals Ashburton for me. And I'm very pleased that Nelson still run one mile races, whereas Ashburton have switched to 1700, which I, I'm not a big fan of. But um, on a good day, it's very fast. I mean, we saw horses running 152, 151 there on Sunday. Um, so they generally have uh, the Nelson Cup day on the Friday and then switch to a bit of a speed day on, on the second day. Beautiful sunny place, lots to do. Everyone loves getting up there. The The club is very well run with some very passionate people led by Christy Hill, who is the club president, I believe. She's a hardworking um, industry participant and... Everyone, everyone raves about it, and they get massive crowds on course, just like they will at Blenheim uh, this weekend as well. Yeah, no, it's exciting. It's great for harness racing. It's interesting. You watched Nelson, and I was thinking, first race I watched, they let them go down the back straight. I'm thinking, oh, there's not that big a crowd until they go around the turn past the winning post, and then it's like, oh, my God, look at the cars, and they are just everywhere. Yeah, stretch for miles. Um, it's an interesting one. I think we did see a track that was providing a little bit of a leader bias on the weekend, but I don't know whether we can start calling tracks have got leader biases or just whether our racing style over here now has got a leader bias and the way that they run, you know, from the 800 to the to the 600 and then they go tend to go a little bit hard around the bend and sort of break their hearts there and it makes it hard for horses, given the times that they're going, to actually make up ground. So... I'm not a big fan of the word leader bias on tracks because I actually think it's racing related more so than the track. I think one of the issues is that everyone now knows how to train horses, get them so super fit that the advantage of being in front is immense because of the fact that you're fit, you're not going to stop, the horse has got to try and get past you, plus you're fast, it's near on impossible. So, But it's the same in thoroughbreds, 
same, almost the same in the Greyhounds, really, actually, when you listen to the Greyhound people, it's a very similar thing um, in that way as well. And there was one horse, and I unfortunately did have the video of this horse ready to go, but I didn't actually have it. It was called Uga Chaka, went around yesterday, uh, a $900 buy off Gavel House, of all things, through the weanling sales. But what a little, ripping little horse this horse has become. And I'm going to try something in a second, Maddie, as I, as I take my time. But, Bobby, but, but this horse was not leader biased by any stretch because um, he came, Maddie Cross almost said, no one else has got a chance of um, being able to get into the get into the, the uh, get into this at, at one stage. Yeah, she she is an exceptional mare. Um, she looked pretty sm sharp last year as a three-year-old filly. She went down and took on some nice horses. That's her coming from near last down the outside in the red and black with a bob butt in the bike. Um, she's shown a really clean pair of heels here. She's developed into a beautiful, beautiful pacer and. I, she's got that high speed that I actually think could eventuate in her becoming a contender in some of our mares races this year, which have obviously lessened slightly in the level of their scariness given that Millwood Nike is not going to be there. Right. So um, she'll keep progressing. I mean, she's only had three or four, a handful of starts. Six starts. Uh, she has six That's starts, three wins. And, yeah. Looking in Trained by a man named Tim Trathan, who probably not many Australians would know. He, he trained a very good open-class pacer here called Dad and Dave a few years back, who actually won a number Cargo Cup. Um, great did man. Go, is, did, is did that horse go to Andy Gaff over here? Dad and Dave? I reckon it did. Potentially could have. Yeah, yeah, I think that might be him. Yeah. Um, so he's got a nice horse on his hands, and it's nice to see. And just a continuation of this run of form we're seeing from, from Robert John Butt doesn't matter whether he's on maiden trotters or, or nice mares or, or whatever it is. He's, he's getting results and getting them consistently. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's flying, Bobby. He's, um, and like training and also driving and um, yeah, doing an awesome job traveling as well. Um, he's doing a bit of, he's doing a fair bit of traveling. That, that is uh, for sure. One of the other highlights on the day, Matty, was this mare, Sonny's sister, um, that is her in the pink hat. I want to ask you about that pink hat in a minute, but that is her, what is she, sixth there at the minute, uh, fifth at the minute, about to pull out. Um, two wins for the weekend. This was her second one. Man, she's starting to really fill into the potential that she showed for so long, isn't she? It's it's an interesting one to watch unfold because it's it's very eerily similar to that of her brother, yep. um, who, of course, is Sunday's son, um, champion trotter. He, he went through his battles with gate issues early in his career, but once the penny dropped... Uh, there was almost no stopping him. Of course, this is the horse who, what, three months ago was winning the New Zealand Trotting Oaks and then backed it up by winning the New Zealand Trotting Derby. Uh, she's come back as a four-year-old mare to this meeting and won twice in a row, both emphatic. Um, her turn of speed is quite incredible and there is some suggestion that she may end up tackling some of our best trotting races at some uh, during this year, whether it's at this end of the year or whether it's maybe more races like the Dominion uh, later on in, in November. But either way, with that speed and her clear staying prowess, um, I think she's going to be a force to reckon, be reckoned with. And she's been beautifully placed by Robert and Jenna and Johnny. Um, they they have done everything they can. And I know that Craig Edmonds, who is uh, John's son-in-law, um, Jenna's dad has done a lot of work with this horse and trying to rectify some of those gate issues that were hampering her throughout her career. But 
yeah, she's got class written all over her. And as I say, it, it mirrors and is very eerily similar to what we watched with her brother Sunday's son. So I'm not saying she's going to get to the levels that he got to, but uh, who knows? Yeah, I know. There's a race. It's interesting she's in and up and going right now. There's some good races on the North Island um, that go right through right through to May. Uh, but there's a pretty nice one in April, uh, the start of April, which might be too soon, too far, a bridge too far too quick. But she will get a barrier draw advantage on most of her rivals. And I'll speak of the tab slots, and we'll touch on that in a sec. But that could be the nice sort of little race that they may be looking at from a distance with the barrier draw advantage. Yeah, they could. I, I would be very probably. I'd probably be surprised if they did, given that she still has that tendency to want to roll into a gallop every now and then. And you know, yes, she'd have the ace draw, but she hasn't shown blistering gate speed in her career to date. So uh, whether that would be a help or a hindrance to her, I'm not sure. But uh, look, I think in in 12 months' time, with a bit of racing in the open class grade, she's going to become uh, quite easily our best trotting mare if she's not already um, holding down that position now. Yeah, we're going to highlight another mare in a minute. That's scary, the riches, the embarrassment of riches that are there in New Zealand. Um, I'm going to catch up with Cam Bray. I'm going to throw to an interview I did with Cam Bray uh, just in relation to the sales. Uh, Maddie and I will be back in a sec. Right, joining me now on the phone, one Cam Bray from NZB Standard Bread. Uh, firstly, Cam, welcome. How are you, Paul? Oh. Lovely, to, lovely to talk to you. Uh, it is, it's good to talk to you as well. Uh, busy time of the year for you guys there at um, NZB Standard Breads. Um, it's it's a great time of year, but very, very busy. Yeah, it is busy, um, but uh, it's, it's it's what we're here for, really, I suppose. So uh, if we weren't busy at this time of year, we'd be in deep trouble. But uh, it is busy. Um, it's uh, There's a lot going on. And um, as we move into the weekend, uh, the first of the on-farm tours start uh, Monday, Tuesday next week. So, uh, yeah, it's... It's, um, it's not that many weeks now to the sale, scary as it sounds. No, it's going to be around uh, quicker than, than what we think. Um, I, I was lucky enough to be down south and did some virtual tours, uh, virtual parades down there. Uh, and then up north, Cam, huge, the stock just look amazing. Congratulations to all the people um, that are putting these horses out from the vendors, the preparers. Um, they are, there's some an amazing stock in this sale this year. Yeah, well, you know, to be fair, there always is. I think we've had an exceptional year here in New Zealand. I think we were forecast a long, hot, dry summer. Uh, and um, I think you could probably attest for it. Um, it certainly ain't the long, hot, dry that you're used to. Uh, and it's certainly not the long, hot, dry I'm used to either. Because, um, uh, albeit it's probably just started to drive a little bit here in Canterbury, um, it's been green from one end of the South Island to the other with uh, an abundance of grass, really. So... It's been a good year for the horses. Um, the pedigrees are always exceptional here. It's uh, it's amazing to be able to put together such a great catalogue of of, uh, of pedigrees. But uh, the physical types themselves, with the great year, they they do look outstanding. No, nah, absolutely. And also off on the track, Cam, away from the sales ring too. Uh, a lot of the progeny are doing the right thing by their younger siblings and um, getting the runs on the board right at the minute as well. Oh, we're lucky, really, you know, to think of our sale graduates um, that we've got going around at the moment. Well, you know, we've got. It's quite an impressive list. Um, and, and a lot of those having uh, siblings in the sales, which is it's pretty cool, really. But, you know, there's just so many to, to name. Um, and when you go through those catalogs, go through those catalogs and you see those good horses, uh, you can see why it's a, um, it's a pretty sought-after sale. 
Yeah, I was just, um, we're doing over the ditch, obviously, at the minute with Matt Markham, and one of those horses I found was Cosmic Major for the Kiwis, or our Cosmic Major for um, the Victorian, uh, for the Australians, um, has now had six starts here in, in Australia, or all of those actually in Sydney, uh, won five of those, and there's a three-quarter brother uh, to that horse going through the sales for Brecon Farms. Um, I was fortunate enough to visit, uh, video that horse the other day, um, it's a Vincent, so there's a little smoky for people that may not have been on a few radars, um, it's a nice little horse that. Yeah, I, you, you, to be honest you could make a case for, um, you know, on every horse in the catalogue really, um, it's just got to their level and, and to be fair, you know, over the years the, the catalogue has condensed a wee bit uh, here in New Zealand, breeding, we all know breeding numbers have dropped, so it has made the, um, the sales business quite sort of, um, uh, quite sort of high end or pointy end you know so like when you start flicking through that catalog there is uh black type everywhere um and you know we've as you say the proof is in the pudding when it comes to the graduates and on the racetrack um you know i think you've got a couple of them i was with mark purden today um couple hit over on wednesday or next wednesday i think it is uh for an australian campaign so that being a cooter and i think um is it don't stop dreaming i think yep. it was going or something like that yeah yep. so um yeah, so they're going two graduates. Merlin and Sooner the Better are also going as well, and I think they're both graduates as well, aren't they? Yeah, uh, Merlin definitely is. I'm pretty sure Sooner the Better, yeah. So, yes. yeah, you're going. Um, there's, a, there's a long list of them, and it's good to see now, especially this change in season. Uh, obviously, some of those horses now four and or five, so they're sort of out of the age group maturity system here in New Zealand, so they've gone for bigger and better targets, um, which is cool, uh, which is great for the industry uh, on both sides of Tasman. Um, you said there before, Cam, at the start, the on-farm tours are going to be starting. If people want to be a part of those, how do they do it? Because I know the Southern Bread one uh, is not until a little ways away, the 18th of February, I believe. And I can't be the 18th. It must be a little bit back from that, about the 12th it's of February. It's the week before. Yeah. It's always, the, it's always the Monday, Tuesday prior to the sales starting. Down south, uh, if you want to go on the SBSR tour, please do contact uh, SBSR directly. Yep. Uh, Katrina Price or Dave Kennedy are the two to contact there. Um, if you want to get on the Canterbury or the North Island tour, which might be a bit of a stretch now if you're not in the North Island to get on that North Island tour, um, contact me. Um, as I say, that's uh, Monday, Tuesday up in the North. Uh, then we break for a, a week or so to sell some thoroughbreds, and then we're into the Canterbury tour. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, it's a Sunday the 4th, is it? I think it is Sunday the 4th of February, 5th of February, or 3rd and 4th. It's the 4th and 5th of February is uh, Canterbury Tour, yep. and then obviously the 12th and 13th SBSR. Yep, so very important dates. Get in touch with Canberra. You can sort of see his name there. It's a little bit tricky, but um, cam.bray at nzb.co.nz. That's cam.bray at nzb.co.nz. Um, if you email him there, he'll respond to those. Um, and get back to you. Cam, thank you for joining me. Won't be the last time we chat in the next couple of weeks, mate. We want to make sure that uh, everyone in New Zealand, Australia, everywhere are aware that these sales are on and not far far off approaching, mate. Yeah, no, thanks very much for your time, Paul. Really do appreciate it. So, um, thank you, Cam Bray. Maddie, uh, Nelson, any other highlights that you want to do showcase? Because I now know how I can get all the videos up, so if you give me a two-second interview, but uh, is there anything <laughs> else out of uh, out of Nelson or for the week just gone that you wanted to highlight? Oh, look, we, we probably need to touch on, you know, John Dunn getting, uh, I think it was four winners on uh, on Sunday. Um, they, they target that meeting 
uh, specifically each and every year, and they generally always have some good success. But it's not an easy thing to do, you know. You come come back each year, and you've got a new wave of horses, and um, they obviously got the the feature pacing race on Sunday um, with uh, the horse's name, Dalton Sharp. Um, who overcame or withheld a last last ditch effort from Ultimeteor. So uh, they run an incredible operation. Um, but no, there were some good highlights. Woodley Jewel was, of course, a winner over the course of um, both days for, for Carter, Crane and Chrissy. They had a, a really good weekend. I think they won three on Friday. Um, so good to see. I, I said to a couple of people on Friday night after watching Nelson, it was a little bit like a flashback to 10 years ago watching day one at Nelson because... I can vividly remember Cran taking a team up to Nelson and dominating, but there was another young fella sitting in the bike uh, by the name of Dexter Dunn. And it just had shades of that because most of them were on the speed as well, like Carter was on Friday. And some very cool footage came out on Sunday, actually, um, yeah. of the big crowd at Nelson and the kids all lining at the fence to get uh, signed photos of uh, Carter. So Carter walked up the straight signing autographs for some young fans, um, which was really cool to see, actually. And I, I don't think we put our people on a pedestal enough uh, to get people to celebrate them, you know. And these people go to the races every year, and some of those kids would have gone home and hung those pictures of Carter Del Getty up on the on the wall, which is which is awesome to see. The one thing I I took from that is a positive and a negative, but it's a great positive, I think. Uh, the comment towards the end of that video. Um, there's only three left to be signed, and there was still 30, 40 kids waiting for, for it. Uh, you know, it's great that they ran out. It's probably a pity that they ran. I'm not having a crack at anyone. I just think that was cool, but obviously there's a heap of kids that are going to go home disappointed. But uh, that happens. It's a, it's a good thing, I think, that, that that's what happened. And well done to Carter. Because sometimes those things can be a wee bit embarrassing. Um, you know, you're yeah. signing because you're around your peers, and um, he probably looks up still to so many people. He's not at the top of the pedestal, but um, no, he's a great he's a great advert. Um, they're a good family. What they do behind the scenes is terrific as well, and I think that part is is outstanding. Um, some of the footage that did come out of it, you say about that uh, Nigel with Harness Racing Unhinged, and I encourage people to go and follow and watch that. We talked there before about Sonny's sister and uh, Dexter Dunn and the champion rainsman that he is. He had a pretty average job the other day by the looks, because I think Sonny's sister on the on the first day, which was the Friday, yeah, Friday, she was in a foul mood. And it looked like Dex was the only person that could sort of hold her and get near her. There's footage of everyone except for poor old Jenna standing back. Jenna had the great job of putting the boots on, and I don't think it was a great job. No, she can be a little bit cantankerous. Um, good job for Dex. I'm sure yeah. he handled it well. Um yeah, uh, it's always interesting seeing a guy like him. Like I remember the first time that he came back uh, for a long time, there was a video footage and there was people asking him whether he still remembered how to put a bridle on a horse because, of course, the driver's owner over in America just jump in the cart and go. They don't actually yeah. do an awful lot. And that was a bit of the running joke there for a while. Um, so, yeah, no, she can be a little bit cantankerous. She can be a little bit edgy. But uh, once she gets out on the racetrack and gets trotting, she's, she's all beauty, that's for sure. Nigel he said to Colin, um, the owner, he, uh, he said, oh, you're looking a wee bit worried. I'm like, I reckon you should be putting that camera. He was more than a wee bit worried. He was, um, yeah, you could see he was real worried. But afterwards, I think, yeah, then that's just going to be her. They'll work around her. There's plenty, she's got plenty of mates like that. Um, he did a couple others behind the scenes with the uh, pony trots out on the beach, which looks awesome. And that's an annual thing that they do. And then also the, uh, the catering, which that one I'm, I think hats off to Nelson. They feed all the participants every morning. They give them breakfast um, 
it's semi-complimentary. They ask for a donation and people put whatever they feel is the right thing in, into a bucket, which is awesome. Yeah, it's incredible because obviously most people are back at the track in the mornings caring to horses and things like that before they go away and get ready for day. They come back to the races or if it's the middle day, you know, um, head away and do things for the day. Blenheim do the same thing. Um, and it's just another sign of that hospitality that goes on offer. You know, that you're right, they don't ask for much, but if you throw a couple of gold coins or something into the pot, they're, they're more than happy. And they've got teams of people there that are cooking hash browns and baked beans and bacon and whatever you can get your hands on. Um, and again, it's a great chance to sit down at the start of the day, sit next to someone that you might not normally sit down and have breakfast with and have a chat to them. You know, it's, it's a cool part of those sort of places. It was cool to see Nigel uh, decline the lamb's fry because when they said about lamb's fry, my tummy started to churn straight away. Um, and he said, I'm not a lamb's fry person. I'm like, yep, good, good call. That's a, I, didn't, I didn't need to see any a close up of that, that's for sure. Nothing wrong with a bit of lamb's fry every now and then, Paul. You'll be fine. Next, you're going to say white bait and we'll leave that one and well alone <laughs> as well. Um, Mares and trotting. Um, one other race, I went, I went to Cambridge. I was lucky enough to get to Cambridge the other day uh, on the North Island when I uh, got some yielding videos. Um, the, the main race for the night, oh, I haven't got the actual name of the race up. You're going to have to wait two secs while I pad, but I'll get, it's here. The Dun oh, Dunstan Horsefeeds, I'll be in trouble there for forgetting that. But the Flying Stakes was taken out by Sacred Mountain. Uh, Nikki Chilcott, she's got this horse absolutely flying and in, in a bit of a zone at the minute, uh, Maddie, but... Um, She's a lovely mare, and we talk about Sunny Sister and a few of these other races on the North Island. These mares races are going to have a lot of intrigue and a lot of speed in them, I reckon, mate. Yeah, they are, and uh, at the moment, it's a very even bunch to me. Um, Sacred Mountain's been a good horse for, for quite a while now, and when she gets in front like this and she can do things the way that she wants to do them, she's incredibly hard to get past. Um, that's Resolve sitting up outside her. Now, Resolve was placed in the Dominion Handicap this year, um, kiss and run about to step the wheel from the trail and come out wide for, for Peter Ferguson and Joe Stevens. Uh, kiss and run was a former Dun runner down here in Canterbury, but sent up to them. And uh, it's done a good job because it ran second here and then it ran third in the $50,000 race on New Year's Eve behind Bet and Win. Um, so yep. it's doing a good job up there for Joe. She's uh, she does a good job with a small team and, of course, does a lot of work promoting the industry as well. So it's nice to see her team going well. But yeah, Nikki Chilcott, she is a remarkable horsewoman and without doubt one of the best female horsewoman we have in New Zealand. Um, longevity wise and continued success wise, she's always got a nice trotter in her hands. Uh, this one's actually owned by Merv and Meg Butterworth. Yep. Um, now she's got a bit of black type next to her name. Um, obviously winning a Group 3 race and in New Zealand record time. So uh, exciting things ahead. No, absolutely. And um, yeah, she was pretty buoyant about her. I, I, I interviewed her and as you rightfully said there, Joe Stevens did as well and um, it meant a fair bit to Nikki because she was up until Sam Ottery uh, about two months ago, three months ago maybe, maybe time flies, I better be careful, but she uh, is now the most winningest female in New Zealand, but Nikki for a long, long time was that trailblazer um, and she still has a passion. You can tell looking at her and uh, there's not much of her, but what there is is all passion for the industry um, and her own stable as well. Yeah, she, um, as I say, she's been around for for a long time now. It feels like a long time. Um, but she continually... 
continually produces good horses um she's a beautiful trotting breed at home that that always does a nice job she's got a really nice horse called katie royalty now it hasn't been probably going quite as good as what it can lately but it's got a serious motor that horse and uh looking forward to seeing it back on track but she's also from a, a punter's perspective someone that you can look at the fields and you can back with a bit of confidence because you know her horses are there ready to go and ready to win so uh yeah that'll she'll end up i, I don't know where she'll end up in terms of wins and, and numbers and things like that, but she is always going to go down as one of our best of all time. 535 as a trainer, I think that probably goes under the radar a little bit as well because, um, yeah, she does it does an awesome job. I was actually just trying to – I went the wrong one, but I'll, uh, as a driver, she has won 687, so, uh, which is which is awesome. Uh, interestingly, just on that too, the first four home are all mares as well. Like I said, there's a couple of good mares races that are going to be coming up through – well, basically right through um, through that whole time. Um, so there's going to be plenty of intrigue. While we're on Cambridge, um, I interviewed David Branch the other day and we uh, spoke about um, uh, the, the tab slot, the, a tab trot, sorry, got a loose squat. I said you about that before. The tab slot race now for the trotters and um, it's got so much intrigue. We actually, at the end, rattled off the horses and... We come up with eight. There's only eight slots. We come up with eight horses. When we finished and went off air, we realised there was about four that we missed. The build-up to this race is going to be outstanding. I'm going to show a horse that you uh, may or may not have seen and a few others might not have seen. This is a horse called RC Phoenix. He, this is him winning the um, Elder Baron Park Murray Mile in Bendigo, a time-honoured race. Real good horses have won this race. This horse smashed the track record on this occasion. He is a serious horse. That is Queen Alida. Uh, back in third on the fence, Mafasa Metro, a horse pleasing people to know about, and also I'm Ready Jet. Real class horses. He handled them with aplomb, albeit that he led. That tab trot is going to be one hell of an interesting race. Um, I think it's April 12th. Yeah, you're right. And if he comes, um, that's a very serious string to the bow for Australia, um, who have in recent years made a bit of a habit of coming over here and pillaging our spoils. So, um, look, I think the Kiwi resistance will be strong. I think we'll, we'll have a full flight muscle mountain there, which is exciting, especially if he draws one to three at Cambridge and can show his gate speed and get to the markers first. But um, haven't heard any more about whether Just Believe might still be looking at coming over. So There's nothing to be said there until after the Great Southern Star. And that, yeah. David wasn't aware of that one. He's hopeful that he'll come. But obviously, if they get an invite to Europe, um, the same will happen as what happened last year. And he'll take that offer up. Yeah, which, which is understandable too. Um, it'll be lovely to see him over here competing in that race because I actually, and I think I said this to you before Christmas, that race is going to be the race of the year for me. Um, it's actually going to steal the limelight off the race by grins for me yep. at this stage. The, just the excitement and the questions and the permutations and what the field's actually going to end up looking like, the final field. Um, because obviously the one thing that you've got to remember with slot races too is that it's not chosen on form. It's chosen on opinion, basically. So uh, it could be interesting to see, and I reckon there might be a surprise or two somewhere along the lines, whether it is in the pacing race or the trotting race. Yep, no, absolutely. There's Because RC Phoenix was beaten by a horse called London to a brick, and I reckon that'll be another horse a lot of the Kiwis wouldn't be aware of. It's trained by Gareth Rattray. It's by Better's Delight, um, of all things. He won the Great Square in Queensland. He's like RC Phoenix. 
hard bowling horse that just loves to get up and run. They're these X Factors. Elderberry and Zeus is back in Australia. Um, so I reckon he'll be coming back. You saw what he did at Cambridge last year. Oscar Bonavina, Muscle Mountain. Um, you know, even if Little Mare like Sonny's sister, they might throw it in there because of the barrier draw advantage. It's, yeah, there's so much. Oh, and there's also the Italian North from um, Harass to Trotters. Uh, just call me the Bruce. Um, he's he's also going to add that little bit of an X factor to it um, as well. That's what I, I love about the Trotters. Um, I do a trotting show because there is so many ups and downs and horses in form that's just really, really exciting. But I just think how good it is for harness racing. It's awesome for New Zealand how good it is for harness racing full stop to, to be talking about a race like this four months out. Um, and it's only going to get bigger and stronger. The only horse locked in at the minute is Queen Alada. That's the only horse locked in for a spot, and that's locked in by the TAB. So, yep, there's so much water to go under the bridge, I reckon, before then. Yeah, there is. Um, and you've obviously, you know, Bolt for Brilliance, who's so good around Cambridge, is another one that you've got to got to throw into the mix. Um, I just hope that we get the, the best possible field that we can get from what's available and that they all go in there at the top of their game and that's going to just add to that spectacle. Um, you know, obviously the question marks around Bolt for Brilliance and Muscle Mountain after Dominion time. Um, will Oscar come back in the same sort of form that he was? Well, everything suggests that he will. Um, so, I think he had in the Aussie factors as well. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting few months of lead up and looking forward to being able to sort of talk about it and dissect what's happening on and off the track as we as we build towards getting these final fields for these two good races. Yeah, absolutely. And there's also also like Mafasa Metro. Um, Ken Kirkwood will tell us off, but there's every chance he should be coming back as well. And he's another horse with gate speed. This is the thing, they're gonna have this gate speed, which uh you might nearly want to be positioning yourself down the bottom end um as they let these horses go, because it could be just lights out, go. Yeah, you're exactly right. And you know, one of the better gate speed trotters in New Zealand's majestic man. Yeah. who's still going very, very well. So you add him into the mix or a smoke and bandar or something like that. And yeah, it could be fireworks early. Um, I'm very interested to see what unfolds. I just want to see Muscle Mountain there 110% firing because I do think he is the best shotter in Australasia when he's right. Um, here in Australia, things are going to really start to hot up uh, the summer carnival. With the Hunter Cup, it's Ballarat Cup this week. There will be no New Zealand representation in that now. Unfortunately, I think it's flight-related. It's not horse-related. The horses are ready to go, but there's a flight issue there. But uh, the Hunter Cup with a Cuda, uh, Don't Stop Dreaming, will go to, I can't think of the race here in Victoria, but then he'll head to the Chariots of Fire. And then I was out at Scotty Field and, and Barry Purdens the other day, and uh, Merlin and Sooner the Better are all also heading up to the Chariots. Like, it's going to be super exciting, and I think a lot of Aussies are going to be, you know, blown away by especially those two now four-year-olds, Merlin and Don't Stop Dreaming. Yeah, exciting time. Um, I actually had the chance to sit down and have a beer with Nathan Purden on, on Saturday night, and he was excited about the team heading over there, and obviously they've had a couple of delays along the way. Don't Stop Dreaming didn't quite pull up as well from New Year's Eve as what they'd hoped, which was one of the initial uh, reasons that they didn't get over, and then obviously some travel issues as well, but uh, it'll give us Kiwis a bit more of a reason to keep an eye on things, I think. You know, um, I think we saw it with the Inter-Dominion that if there's not that Kiwi aspect or that Kiwi flavour to it, it can be easy to dismiss it and actually not watch it. So uh, I think, yeah, once we get a cooter and Don't Stop Dreaming and Merlin and, and sooner the better, and I mean, we, we shouldn't certainly shouldn't underrate him because he's been a wonderful horse, um, things are going to get very exciting and it's going to be a great way to lead into what lies ahead. You know, we've got big carnivals at Auckland and obviously the big night at Cambridge as well. So, uh, yeah, plenty, plenty to get excited about in the 
uh, next two or three months. Uh, absolutely. Congratulations to Connections with Smithy's Terror. Um, and also our Cosmic Major. And now I do know that there is a three-quarter to this horse going through the NZB sales, which start 18 to 21, um, which uh, Brecken Farms will have on offer. This horse has now been in Australia. He's had six starts in Australia, five wins and a second for Luke McCarthy. Uh, he was awesome again the other day as well. Um, and then you also... Uh, have no fear, but that horse has pretty much raced over here. The NZ and Monica was next to her, quite a few. Um, and then I love the bubbles going 151 and 5, winning by 16 metres the other night as well. Yeah, a fair night out at Menangle, the old uh, NZ Monica, didn't it? It did. It did. And it does a lot, often, too. <laughs> it's not a surprising thing. I was looking up Cosmic Major. I was trying to remember him. And of course, he was with uh, Mark Burden and, and uh, Hayden Cullen when they were training in partnership and did a good job. He's actually got placings in Group 1 races behind a cooter behind him. So probably no surprise that he's gone over there and done that sort of job, Paul. Um, but for all the racing, that wasn't the coolest thing I saw out of Australia last week in the racing world. Um, and I, I apologise, I can't remember the young lad's name, but the video of Cam Hart and the wee fella having his first drive in the, uh, the pony trots, wearing Cam's colours, I thought that was absolutely outstanding stuff. Now, I'm in trouble, too, because it's Robbie Morris. This is the thing. It's Robbie Morris's brother's son. And so, so like, Robbie trains him. Uh, Robbie trains. Um, I can't think of the brother's name. He trains. But, no, the young bloke wanted Cam Hart's colours and uh, and all the rest. So I think Cam would have been pretty chuffed about that, that to say the least. Yeah, and uh, it was cool to see that little moment, you know, the wee fist bump as they uh, as they run into each other. I'm just trying to scroll through and see whether I can uh, see anything on social media that might give us his name. And I apologise, I should have brought it up. Um, but yeah, no, I love those little moments, you know, and it's so cool to see young people hanging their hat and getting excited about um, some of our harness racing stars and, and, you know, kind of in a similar vein to what we saw with Carter at Nelson and that kind of stuff. So long may it continue. Long, long, long. No, absolutely, totally agree, Maddie. What's your highlight? What do we look forward to the most this week? Just Blenheim, full stop. Yeah, I love Blenheim. It's a cool wee place, and um, yeah, looking forward to grass track racing. Yeah, yeah, they've actually got an all weather track on the inside, but um, as it determined, the racing was more successful from a betting proposition on the grass track. So uh, they've moved to that probably in the last five or six years, and they've got some good car, uh, good fields shaping up down there. The fields obviously aren't out. Um, but I was having a look at the nominations for the Marlborough Cup Prelude today. Uh, you've got some nice horses in there. Mostel Ben uh, is hitting there. Homebush Lad, Dashing Major. Um, then you've got the up-and-comers like Lone Wolf and even a horse like Leicester, who's such a good grass track horse for Warren Stapleton. So uh, they've also got the continuation of this this great trotting series that they've got going um, up the top of the north called the Set and Shields Trotting Series, which was held over meetings at Westport, Reefton, Nelson and Blenheim. So there's a bit of a series going on there where there's... Um, points accumulated throughout the the meetings and then there's a champion crowned at the end of the circuit so it's got a nice wee field you've got uh boys invasion who's flying for michael house masterly muscle back and his boys so uh that'll be a good wee race again on on friday and then into sunday as well yeah absolutely i found his name his name is cody morris and he's the son of david and steph morris um yeah it's uh it is pretty cool um, I don't know if this thing will work or not. I'll try it in a sec. Uh, Maddie, you talked there about the houses before. Um, just going to see. Let's see if this thing comes up here on this screen. It may or it may not. Oh, yeah, done that. Hang on. I've got, got to push two other buttons. Hang on. We'll go. There he is. So uh, that, 
that's the young man there with his pony and uh possibly if i hit the play button yep there's a fist pump and uh really cool thing to see isn't it it's uh it's pretty uh pretty real um and just i think that's what the industry is about that will attract people to the industry um it might not get you know people punting but it will say to people this is a great sport so really really cool shots there that's uh that is for sure mate yeah absolutely and you know the the kids carts as we call them over here i think the pony trots over over in australia um are a breeding ground for future success i know i'd look at what uh drivers who have been through the kids carts program here in new zealand um the sierra riley's the john morrison's the kieran tomlinson's the sheree tomlinson's they all started through that kids carts progression and and turned out to be some of the best best drivers in the country you know um and and it'll be much the same over in australia as well so the more you can do to to bring those kids in and excite them and get them you know fizzing about it the, the better i think so uh no that was that was really cool to see pop up on uh, social media during the week absolutely um wilson house travel in the yards i think the young man might have a goal this year by, by the looks and he's driving terrific little interesting side note for you matty i didn't know this one to the other day we're going to keep a, a bit of a wilson watch hopefully he breaks that voodoo this week of all of his winners, how many has he driven outside of his father? None. Great answer. Yeah. So that's 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 his next challenge. So yeah. So it's a little it's a little itch he's got to scratch. He he know, he's aware of it too. But it's a it's it's one of those ones. They're going terrific, the horses, and so is Wilson. But um, he wants to drive a winner outside stable. And I think once he does that, he could be off. He went very close last week at uh, where did we race last week? Uh, Winton. Yep. He drove a horse for Andrew Stewart called Moonlight Dream, who came from last and and only went down very narrowly. So, actually, be an interesting wee battle to watch. Uh, Carter obviously heavily favoured to win the premiership, the junior drivers premiership over here this year. Uh, but you've got Wilson, who we know is going to get a sheer weight of drives just for the way that Mo Mickey likes to race his horses and attack those meetings at Manawatu and, and the like. But you've also got the likes of Kieran Tomlinson there, who's going to get probably the pick of the Southland drives and junior driver races. And Alicia Harrison might be a wee smoky because one thing's been very evident through the first 15 days of 2024 here in New Zealand, and that's Stonewall Stud. Yep. They lead the premiership alongside Robert and Jenna Dunn, both with 11 winners. Um, they have hit the ground running, absolutely flying. Now, I had the privilege of sitting on the side-by-side -side with the old man on Saturday afternoon as we went and fed up at the new block in uh, Canterbury. That could have took a and while. There was oh yeah, there was a lot of buckets as what, I, and that was where I was going. There's a lot of racehorses to step out in both the North and South Island in the coming months and weeks. So, you know, if they start targeting junior driver races with some of these um, horses, and you know, Lisi is going to get the pick in the North Island. Well, there's a chance there that you know there could be a nice wee three or four way driver battle for the junior drivers premiership this year. Um, but they're probably all going to be chasing Carter. Yep, absolutely. Um, it's going to be a, a lot of a lot of fun. We'll keep a good eye on it, I think, as uh, as it does uh, progress. Timmy Williams, he done a uh, broke a uh, or hit a milestone. I think it was eight hundred wins. Is the right? So yeah, he brought up eight hundred wins at Winton on Thursday with a horse called Adi B Mickey. Adi B Mickey is her name, and she is a half sister to uh, the good horse Adi's Adi's Express. Yep. Sorry, I'm having uh, a brain fade at this point of the day. But that was 800 driving wins for Tim. 
um, which is a very good effort. And he is fast developing with the help of Stonewall, but the talent's always been there to being one of the leading drivers in the country every year for, for a long time to come, I think. No, absolutely. Um, he's doing an awesome job. And dedication. Uh, he was going home, I think, after the Central Otago's. They said, no, there's a race because that qualifies her for the, the Phillies races. Um, Southland Oaks, yep. Oaks, so she now is probably, well, she can't miss out now on two eats of it. Uh, so he stays. Hard thing to do, stay down north, look after the you know, Brett Gray and uh, keep him on the straight and narrow and enjoy a little bit of but, but dedication. Like he, he, I think he could have had seven drives at um, the Mott and instead stayed there and looked after that horse. So I think the whole team is heading in the right direction, which is really, really exciting. Um, Maddie, I've got one other question I've got to ask you. It's a really important one. Will that whippersnipper behind you or whatever you want to call it, brush cutter, will that make, <laughs> will it make it out of the box before next week's show? Actually, funnily enough, I was looking at uh, the laneways around the place here and thinking I'm probably going to have to get it out of the box. And uh, it's been sitting there since Christmas Day, effectively. Obviously, we're away for a very long time, but it's sitting there and I quite like the look of it in the box because it means I don't have to do any work. So we could leave it there for a while. Um, big chance it won't be there next week. And even if it is there next week, I'll just lay it down so you can't see it. We've got Wilson Watch and now we've got Weed Whacker Watch. We've got everything happening. <laughs> Maddie, thank you very much. Uh, always appreciate it. I know you're on holidays, mate, so I really do appreciate your time. And uh, love love the band. I could talk to you all day, but uh, thank you very much, mate. No, thanks, mate. Always a pleasure and uh, look forward to chatting next week.